0: And if you order today, you can save 40% off, use the promo code FAKE THE Nation at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to TryMiracle.com slash nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle made. Go to TryMiracle.com slash nation and use the code FakeTheNation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's TryMiracle.com slash nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Maid, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Fake the Nation, episode
0: 394. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we ask for the Travis Kelsey hairdo. Is that how you say his last name, Kelsey? Okay, great. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, which I do know how to pronounce. And apparently, there are men around this country walking into barber shops and asking for the Travis Kelsey Um, and I, did you know that this is a phenomenon that's happening around the country? Okay, well, I just want to say my main issue is that it's just a buzz cut with a fade. Like, it's not a, it's not special in any way. Um, which means that you should be asking for my husband's haircut. You should walk in and be like, I'd like the Jason Tottenham, because he has been doing a buzz cut with a fade for 10 years. Um, so... Yeah, Taylor. I'm um, coming after your boy's haircut. Uh, does it also are,
1: include his facial scaping as well? Maybe that's also part of it. You know, you're looking
0: for the the facial you know do. What? That's yeah. A good, can that's you make me 6'4", please? <laughs> please <laughs> make it, me Bob. Does it also come with the abs? Can mm-hmm. we like? What are the what are the uh, the things here? Um, all right, folks. Listen. I don't know uh, why that bugged me. We're not gonna talk about it anymore. But we are gonna talk about something. <laughs> Had the opposite effect on me, which is a really delightful grocery store in the Netherlands that's making life better for people. We're also going to ask whether the stigma of a layoff is over. And finally, um, we're going to talk about Eugene We're also going to talk about, not finally, because there's two more things. Eugene Carroll and her whole deal. And finally, um, how do you adopt a legacy mindset? And what is that anyway? I am so excited by this panel. I feel like we have um, put together the exact right panel for these exact uh, topics, and... They're just, oh, they there's just a, such a delightful panel, folks. I can't even believe they're they're here today. We're joined. You've heard them both on the podcast before, so already relax, get like get into it. These are familiar voices. We're joined by actors and comedian. She's performed all over. Um, she's she's been all over the airwaves. Her voice is well known to many because it's been all over film and television. It is the wonderful Cody Lindquist. Hey, Cody. Hello.
2: Nice to see you.
0: Um, We are also joined by, uh, well, I mean, look, she's a woman. She's many things. She's a financial expert. She's uh, an author of books. Her most recent is called A Healthy State of Panic, which is so fantastic. And it is perfect for people who are in an unhealthy state of panic, who wanted to get into a healthier state of panic. That's perfect. That, uh, that should be the subtitle. What was I thinking? <laughs> That's the subtitle. That's it. <laughs> she's also host of the podcast, So Money. And again, she's been on the show many times, just dropping gems of knowledge. It is the wonderful Farnoush Tarabi. Hey. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi, Cody. Hi, Nagin.
1: Hello, Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, it was like one of the most. It was a depressing day for me because I was supposed to go to Farnoosh's book launch party, and I came down with what turned out to be just straight up pneumonia. Oh, um, does that exist anymore? I don't know. Is I this was the like, I some sort of like you know eighteenth century peasant? What's happening? Yeah. But I had a little fun bout of pneumonia. Don't I worked you. all through it. You guys heard me on this very podcast with pneumonia, which is also fun, uh, which I also is a little bit of a brag because did you know, listeners? Could you tell? Okay. <laughs> um, anyways, but but buy that book um, and I, you know, and hopefully um, you felt my spirit in at the book I <laughs> did. I, I did. Have. It was,
1: um, I feel your spirit all the time.
0: Oh, Thank you.
1: (laughs) You know, we're talking about legacy, but you have a living legacy. Your legacy is already... Yeah, yeah. It's It's just just
0: around. Um, (laughs) Folks, before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners, uh, you can write reviews of the show on Apple and on Spotify. What are you waiting for? It helps people find the show. So I would really love it if you would consider doing that on Apple or Spotify, writing a review for Fake the Nation, your number one podcast uh, that's hosted by an Iranian-American Muslim who's five foot four. Uh, I I have... Corner, our, are we sharing the our market stats? cornered on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna announce my social security number as well. Um, between segments, all right. Let's get into it with topic number one. Once upon a time, being laid off was embarrassing, right? Like being fired was even more so. But according to a little peruse of social media done by the Wall Street Journal, the stigma has worn off because there's this weird trend now where people are capturing their reactions to being laid off and sharing them online. So I guess my first question is Have you sensed a change? I mean, have you ever been laid off? Was there a stigma when it happened? And do you mm-hmm. sense this change? And Farnoosh, you're in the world of finance um, and, and being an expert on finance. So like, tell me what, from your perch, what does it look like? So I was laid off in
1: 2009. And it was the last time I really ever worked for a company full time. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated. It was the great recession. My mother had just gotten laid off. I feel like everyone and their grandmother and their cat was like laid off. Like it was in, inter- I think behind closed doors, it was like high fives everywhere. Like, oh, I felt like I was in the club, but externally. And I had a um, an agent at the time because I was looking for TV gigs. He's like, do not tell anybody. And I was like, but I think I will because, um, I think it's going to humanize me. I'm a financial expert who got laid off. I am in the trenches now (laughs) with everyone I'm giving advice to. And I went on the Today Show, actually, subsequent to that. One of the producers I was friends with was like, you got laid off. Will you come on national television and talk to us about how you're navigating this? And it was hard to, I mean, it was an immediate yes for me. But again, those who were in charge of like helping me find work, like my agent was like, I don't know about this but ultimately i think looking back it was the right move because it made me more relatable i think the one thing i would caution anyone now as you're celebrating your layoff i think it's important to not burn a bridge with your employer don't speak ill of the company that laid you off as much as you want to like don't go on linkedin and berate your your company for laying you off and and maybe it was on every layoff is unfair i mean that's the whole nature of it yeah. but try to keep try to keep it try to keep it peaceful. But I don't think anyone's going to look back and go how, you know, I'm not going to hire you because you found joy, you know, in perhaps (laughs) not working for a little bit or getting unshackled from your desk at that terrible job. So I, I think you just have to balance it. I feel like we just learned that you started this trend.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah 2009. Sorry, for I did Nishirabi. it in 2009. These Thank people you. That
2: was the whole point of that story. Thank you. I'm <laughs> Glad that you picked up on that nuance. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm an actor, so I'm always laid off. Yeah, we're in a
0: perpetual or, state of this feeling. I mean, that is the feeling we are in all the time. Yeah,
2: when I have friends who are looking for jobs, I'm like, I'm literally looking for a job every day. And it requires me going and taking a picture of myself. And a f- my full body and being like, here, do you like me? And then having people say,
0: nah. <laughs> you know, so people ask me a lot about bombing, right? In stand up. Uh-huh. Civilians are like very curious yeah. about this phenomenon of bombing. And every fucking comedian bombs. There isn't a mm-hmm. Seinfeld is bombed. Chris Rock is bombed. Yes. It doesn't matter. Everybody bombs. They bombed today. Not even like when they yeah. were not famous. The, the, you know, it doesn't end. The bombing never, never, ends. Ends. never ends. And I, I bombed. Oh, recently and it was like very per- it was a particular because i bombed in front of people i respect which is oh, the worst. it's fine if no. it's a faceless audience you forget it much easier the bombing in front of people you respect is particularly yeah, fucking brutal and and i w- and i was thinking about this topic and i was like oh they are feeling that feeling and i feel it little i get to do it all the time right like right. i get that is the feel and, and i and i and i don't know Maybe it it's like developing a a thick skin around it, but the, the, it, or it's inhuman that we should feel it so often in the arts. but I'd it is. <laughs> I mean, we are
2: particularly we're we're sturdy stock um when it yeah, comes to yeah, rejection. Yeah, yeah. But I do think what you're saying is true about um, I think people have a tendency to go on and talk shit about people as if people aren't like online listening to them yeah, there's people it. I'm like yeah. I know you're ta- like you're talking about this person but they can see it and they can share it so I think that is something that should be separated it's one thing to have some like you know share your humble story about how you know you're like everyone else and things happen and you bombed or you know you got yeah, laid off but to be yeah. like I bombed because that audience
1: fucking sucks.
0: oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, that yeah. would be like oh, they didn't understand yeah. right yeah maybe but, just
2: don't like blame other people when you're talking and about and also
0: it. i mean it, it, and and when you know when you're getting laid off from a job i think that's really important to think about you mentioned this Farnoosh, that like you do have to think about your future employment mm-hmm. so keep mm-hmm. it sort of like yeah. as far as sharing other... it's interesting because i think a lot of these layoffs are also happening in depersonalized ways they're happening over zoom and they're happening in, you know, maybe groups or something like that. So like, there's, there's also an element there of like, if they're not going to give me a personal like, moment, right. then what What do I owe them in not posting this well, to... And people
2: don't have the same job that the... it Like, you know, when it, you heard about your grandpa getting laid off from the factory. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, th- there's one factory in town. We don't know if he'll be able to find another job. And he'd had that job for, you know, 40 years. And people don't have that same relationship. There's not one boss that they, like, go in and see every day that pulls them into the office and fires them. So... You know, it's well, just there, a different climate. It's a
0: different climate, but also, I the one thing that uh, that maybe rubbed me the wrong way is the idea that like that like being laid off is content. Mm. You know what I mean? And that is like, is it like? I don't know. Have your feelings, whatever. Post whatever you want. I get it.
2: Everything is content. Like it, Life is content. I mean,
0: I don't know. I get it's It's it like, is it? Is everything content? And we I share I just everything. Okay.
2: People share everything. I mean, if we had know. if we had the Internet when we were kids, the breakup. Oh, the breakup stories I would have shared the most embarrassing, horrific things that I would have shared, and I'm so grateful. Is that
0: what they're sharing? Are I they mean, being honest? They're sh- it's like journaling, or are like, they just oh. doing serum videos about La <laughs> products? You know what I mean? We talked about this last week, but like, you know what which I mean? I like, do love. I do love a serum. I don't know. Uh, get ready,
1: uh, get laid off with me is a new get ready with me. Get laid off
0: <laughs> with me. <laughs> All right, folks, um, let's move on to another thing in culture that I think is just so much more delightful than getting laid off, which is this Swedish. Um, sorry not swedish um danish grocery store chain wait a second yeah uh there's a grocery store chain that has added a slow line for elderly people who want a leisurely checkout with a chat? Also, oh special gosh. thanks to one of our longtime listeners, Ellen, who sent me this because she thought I would like it. And oh my god, of course, I love it! She saw right into my soul. This is so sweet. Um, but according to uh, Statistics Netherlands, 1.3 million people in the Netherlands are over 75 years old, and 33 percent have reported feelings of at least being moderately lonely. So, this supermarket chain uh, is doing what they can um to help combat that. What do you guys think of this phenomenon?
2: I think this is so sweet and also so not American. <laughs> America's like, no, 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 no. We want to get rid of all the people so you don't talk to anybody. You only press things in a computer and then get out of our face. We never want to see you again. Um, It's so sweet. It's such a, it, it's just a lovely idea to like, To think about people in in their daily lives and all. Anyway, it's really sweet. And I think we should all move to Denmark.
1: I don't know. Have you all ever been to self-checkout? It is like painfully slow, even though it's supposed to be a swifter way to check out. But there's at least maybe it's just me. I always hit the wrong buttons. I forget to like weigh things properly. And so I have now started to go through the checkout lines with humans that yeah. are checking oh, you out. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, they're because, definitely yes. faster,
2: for sure. And the it's line's so, always shorter because people think the self-checkout's going to be shorter, it's but it's like, not.
1: It's the same thing at the airports. If you notice this, where like the first class check, you know, um, security line or all the premium and the, you know, clear,
2: up people, it's tsa It's longer free. than
0: economy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes it, that'll happen. It's definitely longer than tsa pre in a lot of cases. But
2: I'm not taking my shoes off ever again, you know, so yeah, I'm going to wait in that long line. Shoes
0: part, the shoes part <laughs> is real. <laughs> sorry no, we but, digress but yeah no, but but i the the interesting thing is on top of that this um dutch by the way i think i've said swedish danish and dutch <laughs> it's, it's, all it's the a same. chain so be- it might, be, it in might be in all those yeah. places i don't is know it IKEA? it's ikea <laughs> i think it's called jumbo is what it's called and they introduced a chat corner um, on top of the slow line, where local residents can gather for a cup of coffee and a little conversation, which I I think is cute and, and it's interesting because there's something you know you're saying it's like very un American you know we are a, a people of efficiency we don't like things to take forever and and when we go to other countries where things do take longer like yeah. especially like if you're going to let's say in Iran or a Turkey um you you know how all all people are going tra- tourist traveling to Iran. Like that's so common But you know That's um, a thing right That's
1: a thing Nagin
0: have you seen That white guy
1: Who's going to Tehran And be like Here's what I ate In a day in Tehran I'm like I'm kind of offended By this (laughs) Because
0: Because I can't go. I can't go. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> guys might be on a list. Don't worry about it. Anyways, can't go. Um, uh, but yes, the but the the speeds and from the I don't know, last time you were in Iran, it's just like the idea of that kind of efficiency is just completely different. It's not yeah. about that. It's not about speed, it's not about getting it over with. It's not about it's just a different mindset when yeah. you go enter into these commercial situations. Um but there is also something about like you go into smaller towns in the mm-hmm. u.s you go into like you know you, people I, I, you know my friends from the south are always saying oh in alabama you have a good chat when you da at a lot like there is that really? kind of thing
2: because i feel like um i feel like it's a city versus suburban thing like Maybe, it's yeah. uh, america's so suburban in so many ways that you get in your car and you drive to you don't see anybody on your walk and one thing i love about being a new yorker and living in new york is that it's the opposite. Like, yeah. you know, if you're older here, you're never lonely because you're always around people. You can yeah. always have a conversation with somebody at the checkout counter, which I think is what this is about. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that the American way is like get in your car. You yeah. Know. My in the husband, South, I my, that.
0: my husband, there's these elderly women that um, hang out at the corner of our block um, because there's like a senior citizen center there. And he whatever they're hanging out in the summertime, you know, with their little dresses on, my husband will walk by and be like, hey, ladies, looking good, whatever. Oh and they gosh. love it. It's like, I mean, it. I know that might sound creepy, but like, no, it's that's fine. not creepy. It's, it's really, sweetest. it's really adorable. And they love it. Hits it. Different it's different
1: when you're 75. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> they're
2: walking um, <laughs> by that construction site trying to get those cat calls.
0: Yeah, my husband's like, I'm doling them out. You know what I mean? I know, I know uh, where Aww. where. Bless him. That's
1: called leaving a legacy, by the (laughs) way. He's yes.
0: (laughs) All right, folks. Uh we're gonna take a quick break so we can learn about our sponsors and then we'll come back. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you the click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the apps features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you. Rocket Money for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys.
1: Okay,
2: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So, you guys, E. Jean Carroll was awarded $83.3 million for her defamation suit um, last week, I believe, after we taped and there are larger feelings about this which we'll get into but first how do you think this affects trump and his supporters um and i should note she they're going to be appealing she's not going to get the money we, you know that's all that stuff is not necessarily happening soon yeah. um, but what do you what kind of impact do you think this has on his candidacy
2: I heard that he's already figuring out ways to trick her into donating it to his campaign so he can pay for his oh legal, um, legal team what? with the money.
0: Like, why would she ever be f- <laughs> fall prey like, to that? No, I'm
2: just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay.
0: <laughs> but I do
1: think Wait, it is interesting so that, like... It like, like, sounds like a Trump thing to do, right? like,
0: the like Trump Mexico's going to play for the wall. Yes, like, E. Jean is going to pay for my campaign. The Trump like, campaign I, I has been totally accused,
2: uh, and a lot of, the, a lot of uh, political parties have been accused of tricking... 80-year-old women into donating mm. money oh, to that's the right. campaign, yeah, yeah, so yeah, and yeah. she's eighty. Yeah. So, um, no, sh- I don't think she'll fall for it. <laughs>
0: no, no, thank God. But I mean, I, what do you think of of this of this sort of loss for Trump? I mean,
1: he doesn't. Money is his favorite thing, right? So, like, I love the idea that he's now negative eighty three million dollars theoretically. I think right. that's... because now that takes him down to like negative five hundred million, right? Yeah. That's his net worth. <laughs> so, I I'm all for that. The most painful thing for Trump is to lose m- more money than he has I think because that's really all he's he, you know he thinks he's the man because of his money and his he thinks money is is all you need for power and a lot of people buy into that it's not just Trump it's clearly like a lot of his sure misguided voters um as far as what I hope she does with this money you know she was on Rachel Maddow and she's like Rachel I'm going to Bergdorf Goodman's the scene of the crime and I'm going to buy up some you know I'm going to I'm going to ring up some nice clothes come with me and That was obviously a joke. I mean, I think like the most the coolest thing she could do is to galvanize women voters across the country, get everyone like Ubers to the polling sites, um, make sure every woman who wants to vote not for Trump is able to. And that's putting your money where it can make a difference, I think. I mean, I don't think it'll cost $83 million to do that.
0: I have an idea for her um, because the organization Fair Fight, which was Stacey Abrams' um, you know voter mm-hmm. turnout organization, is actually laying people off. And I think uh, there's an opportunity here. Get, to, get that yeah. money over to Stacey Abrams. Let's see what yeah. we can do, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I'm sure, something Eugene Carroll would be into. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about Um, and, And just ask you quickly, Farnoosh, about Trump and finance, which is that like, do we have a sense of if this guy is actually rich at all anymore? I mean, I don't understand how he's how he's paying for all these legal bills. How yeah, he's what, is, also money? what lost, is money? What, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is money? What is it? It's it surely like he's lost so many management deals right in New York City alone. A lot of those buildings took Trump off of the building. A lot of companies that had deals with him got rid of those deals that were like management deals. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I get you know, he still has some golf courses, the hotel, whatever, all this stuff. But like it's there. They they don't you know, he got rid of the the hotel in in Washington, D.C., right? What is his money picture? I mean, does anyone really know? You know, it's it's the million billion dollar question. I think that a lot of reporters
1: at Forbes and Fortune and Bloomberg are trying to answer this exact question. I mean, from. From my end, where I I don't, you know, I haven't looked under the hood, but just from knowing, he has a lot of property, and and that has value, and there's equity there potentially. But at the end of the day, if you're somebody who like, I don't see him going on Amazon and like I like going on a shopping spree. Like, I don't think he has liquid cash to that extent where he's just like, I'm just gonna go and like spend all my money on something esoteric. I think he's got shelter. He's got he's got people around him who would work for him, frankly, for free. At this point, because they're just, or they have to, because he refuses to pay them, right? Uh, So, (laughs) like, he's he has resources, let's just say, and he's never going to go without because he's got this infrastructure where he can always have like a place to stay, a place to crash. He's got you know people willing to do anything for him. So, does he have a debit card with a lot of cash on it? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I I mean, mean
0: obviously, the campaign raises money that he probably It pays spends. for itself. Like, yeah. So there's like a little bit of a like he, his. Didn't they
2: pay a bunch of his legal b- bills? It was yeah. Like and that, that was also like a
0: separate fundraising thing that they did was his legal bills. Being you know? rich so, like, is so fucked As president, fucked up. he probably
1: has a pension. He has secret service. Like he's yeah. got all these things. Yeah. Um. No, I don't. I, I'm sure the constitution has, has made it so like no president's going to like get go broke, you know. Right, or, this right, is right. so
2: messed up. Being rich is so messed up. I think people who don't have this level of money, which is most of us, don't have any concept of when you get to be a certain level of wealth. You don't even have to have wealth anymore to be wealthy. It's right. bonkers. Yeah. It is bonkers. Isn't it's
0: it, crazy. Is it? Yeah, cuz like I think I don't know if it was Elon Musk or somebody who was just like buying houses on mortgages. Because Pete, he wasn't really using his own money. He no, was just you like, just borrow money just from borrow the bank. You borrow money. I mean, Everything is this kind of like theoretical thing that you yeah. do. And then it's all backed and supported and whatever. And you're just sort of like paying mortgages or something, which is crazy to me. This is
2: why I keep all of my
1: money under a mattress. I mean, let's also remember, like, he's a criminal. So alleged <laughs> alleged no, yeah. alleged well, civilly civilly but, i mean um, definite cook Depends criminal. on how yeah. you look at that so i wouldn't be surprised if he's got shells shell companies yeah. and people work other right. fellow you know Crim- alleged criminals or real criminals <laughs> working on his behalf to make sure that um we will never know.
0: We will never know. And I'm sure are. when times were better for him financially he did set up well, his, those offshore bank accounts.
2: And his daddy left him a lot of money and he famously and he squandered most of it. I'm squandering
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so so that
1: I Here, was just curious wait, about I know the- I, Ivana's paying Ivanka, Ivanka's paying Ivanka and Jared are, are like bankrolling him probably, right? Cuz they well, still like, make what, money.
0: Like what how do they how do they make it? I don't know. All right. I just again Deals with Saudi what? Arabia. I Does don't know all these. I know if they're just Saudi getting money. Arabia. Right. They're just oh, getting Russia. Saudi money. Russia. Right. Russia and Saudi Arabia. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. Like, some property. I, don't I remember want watching at like me. a video The answer was about... right
1: under our nose, ladies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. But my here's my other question about um, this E. Jean Carroll situation, which is that she is an 80 year old woman, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Cody, and I was wondering, like, part of the reason this case was so shocking. Is because of her age. What do you, like, what did that mean to you? I actually was reading an article in the New York Times called The Audacity of Eugene Carroll by Jessica Bennett. And it was a wonderful piece. And it was partly just talking about how wild it is that this woman was our hero.
2: I think it's really, really wild because for most of us, like, um, we're getting more um, open as the generations go on. But most of us that know somebody that's 80 and above or 75, 65 and above, they don't talk about stuff, right? So, you know, you try to talk to your grandparents about anything and they're like, oh, there's certain things I will never tell anyone, you know, whatever. So, and then we, and we, I I will say this as an elder millennial, we're starting to say things more often than happen to us or speak up and try to change things. And then younger people, as we talked about before, are kind of saying everything. So it's interesting that at her age that she had the courage to come and stand up and also say it so many years later and that of all the things that are, that are potentially going to bring him down or maybe not, who knows, but this is the one that he's been held accountable for in a court of law by a jury. Um, and you know, that he is going to have to pay something eventually. Um, and you know, like she doesn't have at eighty years old. It's like she's got stuff to do. Like it, she's she's doing this for us, and she's doing this for society. And I really do appreciate that she's taken all this time and taken all this fire and heat. Can you imagine yeah. being eighty and having all these trolls? Uh, can you imagine
0: like, being eighty and having to sleep with a gun I by mean, your pillow? Unbelievable. That's how, well, yeah. how she has to sleep because she's just always yes. a target. And
2: she's eighty, and she's like, you know, I just want to be in a beach. You know, just I'd be mean, relaxing.
0: It, The other interesting, I don't know if people know this about her, but she, you know, she was known... As a hard-hitting journalist, she wrote, um, you know, p- for magazines like The Rolling Stone and Esquire, and she was known for these kind of stunts, right? So she would trek through the mountains of Papua New Guinea for a Playboy mm-hmm. article. Um, she wrote a- famously wrote about Hunter S. Thompson, and they had, like, a maybe a thing together, but wow. also he sliced off her clothes with a <gasps> knife, according to one article.
2: Was it consensual? Um, yeah, wow. yeah, I think they had a thing. I think it was, okay. like, a thing and, like, right.
0: whatever. But, but she was a risk-taker. Maker, and that was mm-hmm. a hallmark of her writing and her journalism. So, in some ways, you know, she, even though she's 80, and even though by the time we I knew of her, she was yeah. an advice columnist, um, that kind of risk taking uh continued, you know, for this person who is 80. I also just love the idea, you know, as someone my, my mom is um in her 70s, that like that this generation can feel. Can also see someone be insisting on their relevance, mm-hmm. and that there's the and that there there's a generation of women that are saying, "I'm 80, but I'm also worth 83.3 million dollars." Fuck all of y'all, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important to just like see because there is a world out there to say, "Well, I mean, it's not like she was going to make eight, you know millions of dollars in her 80s, right?" Um, that doesn't matter. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Yeah. Just think about this generation, too, of women that fought really hard for us to get reproductive freedom and equal rights. And then now it's like slowly being taken away. You know, you yeah. think you're like, I did yeah. it. I did it. We did it all. And now it's like, oh, I guess it's gone. In my lifetime, we gained it and lost it. Yeah. It must be weird to be an 80-year-old woman.
0: Yeah. It yeah. must be really weird. Yeah. Um. All right. I just want to get a quick Thoughts from you guys about another thing that's happening um, today in the news, which is that um, they are impeaching uh, Homeland Secretary, Homeland Security Secretary. What is that? What he's called? Homeland. Anyway, Anthony Mayorkas, Homeland Security. That's what it's called, right? Yes. I
2: the show Homeland. Homeland. He's, he's on he the show is, Homeland.
0: Claire Danes is mm-hmm. being impeached by Congress. <laughs> um, but you no, know, but but Mayorkas is. Right now, um, as we speak, um, there's there's like impeachment steps that are being, you know, taken on by Congress. And um, obviously, like, it's probably not going to go anywhere in the Senate. And it's like it's it's, I think, largely symbolic. Um, But it's this is happening over the border crisis. Uh, What do you guys think of this um, happening? I mean, are you
1: even in in politics if you haven't been impeached yet? I mean, it's something to aspire to at this point. And I'm just, you know, you're like you said it's just symbolics. It's just it's just, you know, the thing we do now every 2 to 3 months and it has really become a meaningless thing. All all the way up from like being the president to, you know, someone like in Mallorca status. Um I don't know too much about his actual uh you know, the, what, tell us why is he being why is he being impeached? Because he allowed because of, migrants yeah, in. Migrants. They think that's his because fault because of his handling oh, no. of
0: the yeah. And Alejandro, by the way, because
1: <laughs> he's doing his job. I mean, that's uh, yeah. part of his job, right? Like, I mean, mean, that. because
0: of the the flow. So, so the number of migrants has like doubled since the Trump administration. It always, always and it had doubled, already, under, it had the trip, doubled under the Trump administration. Trump yeah. administration. So the numbers are in are incredible obviously we live in new york we see it mm-hmm. um but it'd be because they're all bust here which
2: is i live bad. in midtown so <laughs> it is i i mean I, I honestly like my my children's school um has a, a large population of uh, migrants and you know so and and our neighborhood is filled with shelters that have been or hotels that have been turned into shelters so if like you know greg abbott is uh personally deciding to change the makeup of our neighborhood um and yeah so i I think it's um it's interesting to me that it's much easier to impeach somebody than it is to pass comprehensive immigration reform i love that people keep blaming each other like this is a huge problem it's not a it's not a just biden problem it's not a just congress problem it's a literal all all hands on deck issue yeah and they'd rather run against it uh, than to solve the problem
0: yeah
2: uh, and it's really it's really shameful because this seems like a problem we could get our hands around we'd have nowhere near there was an article in the new york times today about how we even if we put a like got a wall up tomorrow we couldn't stop the problem we have three million immigration cases that would take you know decades to go through with the amount of judges that we have right now everybody comes in and tries to seek asylum they don't even know what asylum means they're probably not um going to have an asylum claim um actually honored but they do it because if they say that they're here for asylum they get to be here for multiple years until they get a case seen in front of a judge and by then they're already established in a community somewhere and have a job so You know, if we had more, I don't know, work permits, (laughs) like we could hand out a work permit and people wouldn't have to have some bogus asylum claim. Like, there are ways that we could absorb people and there are ways that we could send people back in a neat and orderly fashion, but that requires... requires people to work together and yeah, figure I mean, it out. Yeah, it requires out.
0: international diplomacy. Really, it's a global scale <laughs> problem. If you guys remember the, you know, when the conflict in Syria where we had just an influx, I don't remember what the numbers were, but there were right. hundreds of thousands of refugees coming out of Syria. Yeah. And Europe was really being, you know, taking the brunt of that and countries like Hungary were like putting up the walls and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, that was also a global problem, right? Yeah. It's like we need to, as a community of nations, yeah. Sit down and be like, guys. Problem is really not going anywhere. So let's sit down and see what are the, what are the what do these countries need? What do these refugees need? What do they like? There's a lot that can be done. It does require a an lot of people. Of just
2: want to come here and work and go back to their country. So yeah. a lot of people, it's like we used to before we quote unquote shut the border down. People would come over and they would work for a couple months and they would send money back to their ha- homes and then they go back for a couple months and then we. Started started to in the 90s, like buckle down on that. And then people were like, well, I got to get in, I got to get in, bring my whole family. So, you know, there's so many things we can do to fix this problem. But we have no political will to do it. We literally cannot do anything except impeach each other.
1: (laughs) Well, it's an election year, too. With with the election year, getting a headline that says someone from Biden's camp is getting impeached as a as you know, it it just it's like it's a quicker win. You know, for for the goal yeah, right. that you want to achieve this year, which is and just it to- makes
2: their their uh, politicians getting impeached meaningless, right? It's like right, everybody right, impeaches right. everyone, ugh.
1: Right. So I'm right. not going to pay attention. I,
0: it's so interesting because I always think of like I don't know, um, my my you know my parents' neighbors or something. Like, are they aware that the Homeland Security Secretary is being impeached? They even know what that guy's name is. Like, it, it's I guess I guess that a headline like that. Matters. But sometimes I feel like it's just those guys in, you know, the GOP preaching to the their own, yeah. you know, the the base, and just like I don't know that it's reaching the mainstream voter. Like, I
2: think it's more just muddying the waters. They they don't yeah. pass anything anymore. Yeah. Congress it is, is passed the least amount yeah. of bills. It's a nice in building though. I will say, yeah, it's beautiful a lovely
0: building. Nothing's really going on inside. Nothing's of it. going inside. Yes.
2: Nothing. It's basically a TV studio yeah. for them to all go and launch their. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Campaign to be on Fox News or whatever, or MSNBC or whatever. But you know, they they have to go and tell their voters like, I did something. So what did I do? I impeached impeached a guy guy. for doing his job. I mean, I'm not. I am not saying that Biden is, like, Doing A, great. number one, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yay, yeah, 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 support yeah. Biden, you know, letting people come in. But it feels like we did this during the Ellis, I- Ellis Island era. You know, we we allowed multiple we immigrants to come in. And also it made our country what it is. Yes. We have, re- you know, we're having less children. We have a smaller population. Yeah. Like, we could absorb this problem. We could have a neat and orderly process. We also
0: have the, an extremely low unemployment rate. So the, yes. the interesting thing is, like, we kind of need um, you just got to get, get everyone trained starts. on ai man that's yeah, 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 it yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that's all the that's all we need all right <laughs> folks let me know what do you think um the, about the impeachment process for homeland security secretary i have such a problem saying those words homeland security secretary alejandro mayorkas getting impeached all right let us move on to topic number three uh, we read a piece in the Washington Post called How Will You Be Remembered? Here's How to Adopt a Legacy Mindset by Katherine Kam. And I was instantly intrigued because, you know, uh, my question is like, do regular people think about legacy? <laughs> like, I always attributed that line of thinking to presidents or like oil barons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I, I just never. So so my my first question to both of you, um, Farnush, we'll start with you, is do you think about legacy? Oh, yeah.
1: Especially in my line of work, working with people and helping them with their money. Your financial legacy is something that we talk about more and more these days. And that does also sound very hoity toity, like only the rich people are worried about that or concerned about that. But I think, you know, something as simple as having life insurance mm-hmm. in the event of your untimely, unexpected death to be able to then support your dependents, that is a. An incredibly important financial legacy. I've too often seen it where you know people pass pass away and they've got a family who is completely sidelined. You know, they, the the partner who survived didn't know how to pay the mortgage. They they weren't a working spouse, so they didn't working outside of the home. So they, you know, it's like a lot of scrambling. And then as a result in the aftermath, a lot of resentment and a lot of disappointment. And it's not what the person wanted, obviously, but maybe it's just that they weren't thinking about, well, what is going to be my impact? What do I want my impact? What do I want my um, sort of memory... Be to be when I'm gone. And I think that it's it's worth all of us to sort of consider that. And again, it doesn't mean like you've saved millions of dollars and you're passing that on or that you, you know, are e- Jean Carroll and you are this sort of, <laughs> you know, monarch. And, you know, I think, but it, it can be some some simple stuff, like just having – a handwritten will that you get notarized, you know, or just having, um, being being generous with your time, being generous with your mentorship. You don't need money to leave an important legacy.
0: But uh, you w- would say that in your experience, it's when people reach a certain financial level that they do start to think about it more seriously, right?
1: I mean, yes, but again, it's not because these people are making millions. It just may mean that, um honestly, it's when I think more when they start to f- feel their influence on others, whether that's they have children now or they're mm, taking yeah, care yeah. of elderly parents or they're yeah. married or they own a business and they have employees and they're like, if I'm not here what tomorrow, happens? what? where do I? Where does that leave everybody that's important to me?
0: Um, have you thought about legacy, Cody?
1: I have been thinking about it a little more.
2: Um, I think it's interesting how there's all these politicians, you know, that are running for office and Um, Biden does this a lot where he's like, my dad always used to say, and I'm like, (laughs) that's a good impression.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) I am
2: available for work. Um, I always am like, what would my kids say? Like my mom used to say, (laughs) hurry up, put your shoes on. You know, like, I don't know. Like, what do I say? I just yell at them and tell them like, what do you want for lunch? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to like, do I have a personality that they know? (laughs) they're also and you have you have a yeah. young child too so they're at the age where they don't pay attention to me at all yeah. and I'm sure that things about me are like getting into their brain but right. like they don't know that you know I they I, I said something the other day about um oh I, I was talking about an actor or something some and they were like oh yeah and I was like I'm an actor and my son was like huh <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what I do I have no I do you know my name do I exist to you do I just make your bed oh, okay. so yeah I don't am I my are my children extremely selfish and or are they normal I don't know um but yes I do try to um I we we my husband and I try to like lead by example um in terms of volunteering we volunteer with our kids a lot and so that has made me think about you know Oh, I we we try to do things in our neighborhood. We try to like just just be out doing things that are helpful um just mostly i don't think of it so much as a legacy like they'll think about that when i'm gone but more that i want them to to sort of be that way when right. they're older too right um mm-hmm. but it's weird cuz you have to do this stuff without preaching it like if you just sit and tell them lessons they're not going to like get it as much as if they see you doing it so yeah
0: yeah wow. yeah i really like that i you know it's interesting i i do think like for me, like I've always, I've thought about legacy a lot because of my parents, like mm-hmm. their immigrant story, and I and people have long asked me. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before that, you know people be like oh so you're having a kid oh you, you like kids or whatever I'm like no I, I actually don't I don't think about children I don't fucking <laughs> like children that particularly much like they're fine or whatever like I didn't notice like before I had a kid mm-hmm. I didn't know that there were any in New York City you know what I mean yeah. I just didn't <laughs> I didn't see them they weren't around I didn't notice and that is most people schools. that live
2: in New York City absolutely
0: didn't notice it yeah Um. and but I but the but my drive what uh, to have one was mm-hmm. because I couldn't have my parents' legacy. So I thought, I think a lot about my wow. parents' legacy, not really my own. Right. Because they're the ones that did this incredible thing that by coming mm-hmm. here. Yes. Um, I was the beneficiary of that incredible thing. So I just want to make sure that their legacy is, like, intact. And it couldn't, their line couldn't
2: die with me. No pressure on your child.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> that kid, who, by the way, has, like... She has a very long name and it's obscenely Iranian and she does she has to carry all of Iran and America on her shoulders. no big deal.
2: I mean if she's uh, like my kid she won't even notice
0: <laughs> I, you know but it is true that like uh, so I've thought about it a lot like my one of my little dreams I mean I you know <laughs> the listeners have heard me mention that I am very involved in um, Tompkins Square Park. I'm mm-hmm. one of the members of the friends of Tompkins Square Park park and i'm like oh how can i get uh, you know when are we going to do plaques i'm going to be- i want to buy one of those a bench that like you they put the name of a person on the yeah. bench like it will be my parents like my parents name is going into this park at oh. some point and i don't know when and i don't know how exactly And you're just
2: erasing yourself from the legacy
0: <laughs> i know it's really it but but i am i mean you know it's sort of like But that maybe that that is my legacy. My legacy is to, like, make sure these people are, like, never forgotten. Wow.
1: I hear that a lot, Nagin, from – and I'm also the daughter of Iranian immigrants. I think it's typical. You hear this a lot. Like, what drives us to do things and live, you know, a values-driven life? And really, it's because we want to continue to, like – carry the torch that our parents lit when they got here. And it's like, I've always, to me too, like growing up, if I ever like was having a bad day or didn't want to like study or do the thing, it was like, what's my excuse? My parents came here. They had a harder life. they have done harder things. Like I have resources. They didn't. So me having a bad day is like, you know, tiny violin. And so yeah. that was always in the backdrop. And there, that that can be a little traumatic and I'm not saying like this it, I don't wish it, this upon it's people it's not necessarily healthy it's not necessary <laughs> but it's it's the reality I think for a lot of first gen Americans is like feeling as though well, I have to become someone and like Make yeah. an impact because I'm continuing this narrative that that started with my parents, and they did it with much less and, and, and in much more difficult times. This this
2: you know definitely goes back to the immigration debate too. That you know we yeah. think about how important immigration is and how wonderful it can be if we allow it to be done in an orderly way, or you know whatever. Yeah. That you know I we see firsthand. I see so many families in my neighborhood, you know, and I, there's this image on a lot of conservative media that it's just people coming through with drugs, which first of all, how are you getting through a jungle with a nine month old on your back and like a pound of heroin like what yeah
0: how do you think (laughs) Um, that's happening i don't understand
2: why you think that is possible but also it's like i see these people coming in and they are driven they're determined they're at our they're Mm -hmm. at school with us you know whenever there's a meeting they're all at school wanting no not even speaking english but wanting to figure out how they can help how they can be there how they can get their kids to have a better have an education and and um you know, it, it, so it's shocking to me that it's become this thing of like, you can't help everyone, send everyone back. It's like, but immigrants make our country better. You know, yeah. you guys are two first generation people who are working hard to, you know, make the core and the fabric of America work. And, you know, it's um, it's important. It's important that we have that. And America's always had that. And that's what makes us so strong. So,
0: you know, and we like I, I Tompkins Square Park is right next to a reticketing center mm-hmm. because um, the Adams administration has this reticketing thing where you have to get a ticket to get into it like is a, whatever. It's so a complicated frustrating. <laughs> and frustrating pro- a situation. Um, so we have there's a building where they get this reticketing, and there's like little. There'll be like a thousand people like waiting Uh in line. Yeah. Um, and I walk by it every day, and I gotta be honest. Like again, my heart swells because I just see my parents. I see hundreds of. I'm gonna. I'm like gonna cry. I see hundreds of my parents. It's very emotional, and I'm like, they're. It's so fucking hard. Why would we make this harder? Why
2: would we make it harder? And everybody here, they want to work. They want yeah, their they kids want to, to learn to the work. language. Yeah. They want to be here and be part of our country. And, you know, we're we're doing this in New York City. as like if people in Duluth, Minnesota or yeah. Des Moines, Iowa, like if we could all just, you know, absorb yeah. people. We have jobs. We have the means. And we have these people who want to be here. If you came here with two children through a freaking jungle,
0: yeah. you yeah. want
2: to be here. You're a brave person. You're a determined person. Like we can figure out a way for everybody to And your
0: name should be exist. on a park bench <laughs> Yes and then
2: in the meantime I am you know making voices in my closet right? and that's the legacy I'm leaving for my children now,
0: What did mom do? She there did is a something about commercial. that, right? There is something about like you know I, I recently did by the way listeners I hope you check it out it's called the Circle Round Podcast and it's for children you know it's like these little um, like fairy tales and stuff like that that they've repurposed and rewritten and, um, for a modern ear. And um, and I just did one recently, and I like I was so excited to get the call yeah. because I knew my kid, I would play it for my kid, yeah. and she'd hear my voice. And and that is something. I mean, that it does is. feel I've never really, again, didn't know that Disney movies existed before I had a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I cannot tell you how un. How uninterested in children I was before I had one. Um, that now that I like can think of these ways of like connecting with my kid through like art and whatever, like it is that is a legacy, it is albeit whatever. Well, this is why I have to
2: make up for it in the volunteering and the like working <laughs> right, in my right, community. Right, right, I'm like, right. oh, you yeah. can have a dumb job, but also do things to help out and give back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: exactly. Um, well, folks, I'm so curious. Do you um, think about legacy and You know, and like Farnoosh said, it doesn't have to be like money focused. It can be a living will. It can be a letter to your children. This article talked about a man who left this like very detailed life lessons letter to his children, and he's not the kind of guy that's like you know a talky guy that would do that. So it was very shocking to his kids that he did that. Um, So there's different ways of doing it. I'm so curious to hear if anyone is um, legacy minded. Folks, that is the end of the show. I want to thank you guys both so much for being here. What a wonderful panel. What a wonderful conversation. And what I would really love is for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Farnoosh, where do they do that?
1: Well, um, thank you so much. It's been a fun hour. And um, if you'd like to get more financial advice, you want to learn more about money, I have a podcast three days a week over at the So Money Podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And I'd love, if you are a terrified woman, man, person, um, walking in the earth and want to learn how to have a better relationship with your fear and kind of laugh along the way, hopefully, um, my book, A Healthy State of Panic, has recently come out and I'm really grateful, Nagin, for your support. It's uh, it's about being, you know, partly an Iranian woman raised in America and all the fears that ensue.
0: Um, And also... Uh, it has been like it's not just me that loves this book, but like actual places with t- ten best lists and all that stuff. Like this book has been yeah. lauded, so uh, Thank you. Thank more, you. more 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 reason to pick it up. I'm so excited to read it. Uh, Thank you. Co- Cody. Where do they find you? Um, you
2: can find me on Insta, uh, at Cody Lindquist, and um, yeah, I should have
0: some show dates and things popping up, and yeah folks Cody's a busy woman she's always working you can always hear her voice somewhere <laughs> um, and uh, folks you know where to find me and everything that I do I just want to remind listeners they can rate and review the show on Apple and Spotify I would really love it if you do that if you want to support the show further you can go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad if you happen to be in Chicago on February 8th I will be doing a live taping of wait wait don't tell me so come out and, and check it out it's so fun um, also I'm going to be announcing dates at some point as I as I am known to do um, and until then I want to thank everyone who makes the show a possibility that's our wonderful producer Andrew McGuire who this week is being um, supported by another wonderful producer Emma Foley thank you so much Emma thanks to everyone at HeadGum who makes the show possible thanks to Gabby Alter for our theme music and if you have any questions concerns thoughts you can email us at fake podcast at gmail.com again that's the nation. Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum podcast.